I hope you had a great weekend. The best day of every weekend is always Sunday. So we are so excited that you're here uh, doing church with us today. And I'm excited to be doing a standalone message today. And it's really going to be a, a challenging message or maybe challenge you and inspire you maybe to, with the help from the Holy Spirit, to look at your life and identify the good, somebody say good, relationships, and also identify the bad, somebody say bad, bad relationships in my life. And so this message is an entirely message totally on relationships in our lives. And do you know that the breakthrough, as we were talking about in worship this morning, the, the breakthrough that we, want, we pray and want ask God to do in our lives, a lot of times is facilitated through other people that I surround myself with. And so we have to surround ourselves with like-minded believers, with, with other Christians that believe and think and live and talk and act the way that I do. And if, if we allow other people of the world that are nothing like Christ into our lives to speak life into us, that can be dangerous. Now, I'm not saying, you know, get your circle so closed off and tight that you have nobody but saved folks in your circle, right? Because that's how we minister the truth of who Jesus is. We need to have some, some non-believers. We need to have some worldly people in our lives, but we don't let those people get too close. Somebody say too close too close to us to speak life into us because if we're chasing Jesus and they're not, I'm not going to take advice from somebody that is not charging hard the gates of hell for the kingdom of God if I am, right? Amen. And so this is totally a message on relationships and how they really determine, can help determine the outcome of our lives and the things we're praying, asking God to help us with. And so before I get started and we dive into God's word, I just want to uh, give you this little nugget, uh, a fresh reminder, that God sends people into our lives. Anybody believe it? He does. He sends people into your life to help you, to lead you and guide you, to help you grow, to, to show truth to you. But if God sends people into your life, you better know that the devil sends people into your life too. And sometimes, if we're not, praying, if we're not seeking God, I can let the wrong people get too close to me. Amen? So look at, um, excuse me, look at the book of Numbers, chapter 22. We're going to read verses 21 all the way through 34. It's a quick story about a gentleman named Balaam. Does anybody even know who Balaam is? Has anybody ever heard that name? A couple hands. So I want to give you a quick backdrop to what's going on before we dive into the story because I didn't really know a whole lot about Balaam. So I want to educate all of us today on who Balaam was. Balaam really is not a good person. It's, it's known that he was a hard believer of God, but he was actually a non-Israelite. And as we find Balaam, King Balak the king of Moab, was actually seeking Balaam to put a curse on the nation of Israel. Because in Numbers, we find the Israelites there wandering in the desert at the tail end of the 40 years in their sin, trying to find the promised land. And the Israelites are living in the countryside 
of the Moabites. And King Balak's like, these people got to go. And he had heard that this priest diviner, who is Balaam, could put curses and do things on other people. So he goes to Balaam to do this for him. Balaam actually tells King Balak that I cannot speak anything other than what the Lord puts in my mouth. And he actually honors the Lord with his words, but his heart was actually far from God. And it's thought that Balaam actually, behind closed doors, told King Balak the secret to get Israel into sin was using their women. So sexual perversion. And Israel went back into sin because of what Balaam did with King Balak. So, as I say all that, we find Balaam getting ready to go meet with King Balak. Amen? Everybody good? Did that make sense? That was the IWTV version, the Ian Westbrook translated version. Okay? <laughs> Y'all go home and read that for yourselves this week. So verse 21. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road and block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey, somebody say donkey, saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into a field, and Balaam beat it until it turned back into the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved further down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. Talk about signs, wonders, and miracles this morning. A donkey. God can use a donkey to speak truth to you. What have I done to you that deserves this beating three times? The donkey asked Balaam. You have made me look like a fool. Balaam shouted, if I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the same donkey you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? And Balaam admitted, no. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face to the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times, the angel of the Lord demanded? Look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would have certainly killed you by now and spared the donkey. Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not recognize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against me going. If you're taking notes, this is what I want you to jot down after reading all of that scripture. I know it's a lot. But actually, there's a theme in that scripture about four times. It says, the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. Donkeys in our lives see God. They see ahead. They see the things that you and I can't see. Don donkeys in our lives 
are sent by God to help us, keep us on the right path, keep us on the narrow path, keep us doing the things of God and the things that God is asking us to do. Balaam was in disobedience to God. We're going to talk about serpents here in a moment and how they're bad in our lives. Here's the thing the Lord showed me. Balaam ultimately was a serpent because he betrayed the nation of Israel. He honored God with his mouth, but his heart was far from him. He was ultimately a serpent, a sneaky snake. But God still sent him a donkey to give him a chance. So no matter how far we go, God sends us help. We just have to be prayerful, mindful, and be looking for those types of people that God sends into our lives to help us. Donkeys in our lives have the ability to see and recognize the things of God. Amen? Look at Genesis 3, 1 through 6. This is a little more familiar passage of Scripture that y'all will probably know, right? It says, Now the serpent, somebody say serpent, was more cunning than any beast in the field which the Lord God had made. More cunning than any other creature that the Lord had made, it says. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. And then what? She also gave some to her husband And he ate as well. Donkeys are sent to God to help us. I told you that God sends people into our lives and the devil sends people into your lives. Serpents are sent to our lives to deceive us. To get us to question God, to doubt God. And in the midst of those choices that we can make where I choose something over God, I choose a lie... I choose deception, a lot of times I go ahead and I bring others down with me. The serpent tempted Eve and then she was deceived and then she tempted and deceived Adam as well, right? Serpents in our lives deceive us and so we have to be prayerful and mindful of the types of relationships that we keep. Look at that first point this morning. So for the sake of this, this standalone message, I want to challenge you and with the help of the Holy Spirit to help us identify, do I have some donkeys in my life, people that are looking out for my good, and do I have maybe some serpents, some sneaky snakes in my life that could maybe be hurting me, right? And so everyone has two animals that speak into your life. You have donkeys and serpents. When God wants to bless you, he sends a donkey, and when Satan wants to destroy you, He sends a serpent into your life. God loves people. He uses people to enact his will here on earth. God uses people to bless. Yesterday, we blessed 
62, over 62 families, showed them the love of Christ, and blessed them. God blessed those families through his, are y'all paying attention? Through his donkeys or people. Donkeys and people, those are both correct answers. God blesses people through people. Okay? Now the enemy, he deceives people through people. He deceives people through serpents. We place such a high value on sports stars and entertainers and actors and actresses, all which are deceived, most of them living in sin, being driven by the world, pressured by people of of high, high, dark, evil places. And then those people go ahead and try to deceive and bring others along that same boat that they're on. And so God and, and the enemy, the devil, both use people. But the devil, he just straight uses people. God uses people to bless people. The enemy, he just uses people till he doesn't need you anymore. Anybody been there? You've been used and then kicked to the curb? You're hurt, broken, busted, disgusted. Why did I do that? You, you bought a lie. And then what does the world do while you're on the ground? It points its finger. I told you so, right? Good luck. Sorry about your choice. And they just pile it on, right? And so God wants to use donkeys in our lives to spare us that pain, that shame, that guilt, those things that we can, if we're not careful, end up experiencing based on our disobedience, on our doubt, all of these things, right? So look at that next point. So God has placed donkeys in your life. I hope the Lord's maybe showing you some, some right now in your life. It could be your parents. It could be your grandparents. It could be a best friend. It could be all sorts of people, somebody you work with, right? Individuals that have helped you, served you, and supported you consistently through the ever-changing seasons of life. Donkeys, how do I recognize a donkey? They're resilient. They never give up on me. They're persistent. They always guide me to truth, even when it hurts, right? They help identify my blind spots, but they communicate those things to me in a loving way to where I can receive them, right? But they're still not going to shy away even if there may be a, a, a tempting opportunity for you to be offended by what they're going to say. They know that you're going to know what they're saying is true, right? And so donkeys, they're, they're persistent. They're resilient. They're, they're trustworthy. They're faithful. You can trust them with any dark secret You can trust them with the things you've done in your past. You can trust them with the things that you're struggling with, right? And they're faithful. You can know that if something's going on, you can text them at 3 in the morning. You can call them, and they're going to answer, and they're going to pray for you. That they're praying for you from Sunday to Sunday if something's going on in your life, right? These are the types of people that we need to surround ourselves with. People who actually love me and care about me and have my back, right? And the thing is, a donkey, I said they're persistent, they will even stay with you when you resist them. When you maybe push back 
Or when y'all maybe have some beef or you get into it, you have an argument, there's a disagreement, they press in. They don't give up on you. I can think of somebody who does that in my life every single day, not an actual person, but his name's Jesus. He never gives up on me. No matter all the bad choices I make, no matter how bad my attitude gets, Pastor Jessica's over there going, amen. Good, y'all are awake. Yeah, I got some laughs out of that, making sure you're still with me. No matter how bad my attitude can get, right, God never leaves me. And so God wants to send people in my life that can manifest who he really is in my life, right, to bless me, to help me, to help me keep fighting and, and believing in our Heavenly Father, right? So look at that next point. So God sends donkeys into our life. Satan places serpents in our lives, individuals who have enticed you, deceived you, and led you down destructive paths. If we can all think, think back or look over our lives, or maybe even right now, I don't know where you're at, we've all allowed certain people too close into our lives. We've maybe indulged things, told people things that we necessarily never should have told them. They used it against us to hurt us. I was maybe in, in bad relationships early on in school or in high school or in college. I surrounded myself with people that didn't have my best interests at heart, right? Maybe I was out partying or out drinking, doing drugs, doing all these things, and it was all just for the, the, the single focus of just having fun. And at the end of the day, maybe I was the one that got addicted. And maybe I was the one that got hurt the worst. And at the end of the day, when that happened, there was nobody else around to help pick me up. And maybe everything I just said was actually true about Pastor Ian. And it was. Y'all have heard my testimony many times. I started experimenting with drugs and alcohol in high school, and it escalated into college, and all these people that I surrounded myself with, none of them were there for me when I was the one that was broke, busted, and disgusted, without a place to live, addicted to alcohol, hurting everybody that loved and cared about me. I had been deceived by others that were deceived, that didn't care an ounce about who Ian really was in the eyes of God. And maybe your life was that way a little bit too. And so here's the thing. We've all had that person that we've allowed too much access into our lives. And so if now I've come full circle and I believe in God and I believe in Christ, now the Bible says, Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for out of it determines the wellspring of your life. If I've come to know God, now my freedom is my responsibility. You know what? And I have to guard my life, my family, my ministry, all of these things. And I can remember being in Teen Challenge and being at the Sunshine House. And it doesn't matter where you're at, if you're in a workplace, if you're in school, high school, college, middle school, there's always cliques of people. There's circles of people that you can choose who you're going to run with. And I see it all the time in Teen Challenge. People, they, they, they come to Christ, and there's even cliques in, in, in Teen Challenge, and there's cliques in, 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 in the Sunshine House. And people could pick the wrong clique. People that don't have their best interest at heart, they give a part of themselves away, and before they know it, they're getting kicked out because they were caught using or lying or doing something that the other group of people were doing. 
And I know that's kind of a, a microscopic example of, of, of things that we can do in your life. Maybe so much more going on, but it, the, the end result is the same. We have to guard our hearts, ask God to continue to send us donkeys, protect me from the relationships, new relationships that I allow into my life to help me, bless me, and benefit uh, for my greater good. Amen? Look at Proverbs 27.6. It says, faithful, somebody say faithful, are the words of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Healthy, it says, or faithful, excuse me, are the, are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Excuse me. Healthy, godly relationships do not shy away from confronting sin. I'll say that again. Healthy, godly relationships do not shy away from confronting sin based upon how you're going to feel when they confront that issue in your life. Their love for you is far exceeds the offense that you may experience in the moment. Because they're a donkey. They can see God, recognize God, recognize the purpose and plan that God has for your life. And they see the choices that you're making that are maybe not good. And they want to help you and they want to come alongside you. And they, they don't point out your sin to judge you. A real Christian doesn't point out your sin to say, I, I, I told you so. Or you're less than. They point it out because they love and they care. Believers, if we have people in our circles that are maybe doing things that aren't lining up with the Word of God, and if we haven't spoke up, shame on us. Shame on us. If we recognize some things that are not lining up with the Word of God, a donkey will confront sin because they love and they care. Amen? Look at that next point. So donkeys, they see things that we can't see. They see the danger in front of you and the blind spots within you. God's donkeys warn and confront you. They refuse to support the destructive decisions and choices that you are making. Donkeys, they see ahead, like I said. They confront sin. They confront the issues. They see it, and they do it in love to warn, to help, uh, and to guide. Right? They do it to love, to help, to warn, and to guide. Look at that next point. So God sends donkeys, Satan sends serpents, and serpents see the danger, the risk, the pitfalls, but you know what? They don't care. <laughs> they see the warning signs, they see it, but they're out for them. Right? All serpents are out for themselves, and they just don't care. They're using you, and therefore they encourage, support, and even finance your self-destructive decisions. Serpents will use you, use you, use you until they no longer have any means of using you anymore. They'll literally suck the life out of you. We talked about last week how light and darkness can never mix, right? Life and death can never mix. You're either alive in Christ or you're dead to sin. Serpents are dead to sin. And when we intermingle with People like that on a regular basis where we allow them to speak into our lives, they encourage us and lead us astray. And so we have to be very protected and guarded as we're building relationships. Staying in a relationship with a serpent, it literally means death, destruction, depression, emptiness, 
all of those things. They leave us down in the gutter, right? Wondering, how did I get here? When you boil it all down, it's because of the choices we've made. But maybe it's because of the choices I've made to allow people into my life that God never said I should allow to get that close to in my life. Amen. Second Peter 2, 12 through 19. And this is a this is a, a, a big rebuke from uh, Peter here in the second the second book. It says these are false teachers that are like unthinking animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. They scoff at things that do they do not understand. And like animals, they will be destroyed. I want you to underline this next couple of verses. Their destruction is their reward for the harm they have done. They love to indulge in evil pleasures in broad daylight. They are a disgrace and a stain among you. They delight in deception even as they eat with you in your fellowship meals. He says, let me stop there for a moment. Their destruction is going to be their reward for the harm they have done. There's a certain point where people can cross over into an evil that says, you know what? They get joy out of seeing others go down with them. Peter says, as the church, protect yourselves from these types of people. Minister the gospel to them. We're going to talk about uh, serpents, and God still loves serpents. There's always a chance for a serpent to become a donkey one day. But if they are in that current state, then keep them at arm's length, right? Verse 14, they commit adultery with their eyes, and their desire for sin is never satisfied. They lure unstable people into sin, and they are well-trained in greed. They live under God's curse. They have wandered off the right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam. There's our, 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 our buddy Balaam from the top of this message. Son of Bear, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. Ultimately, he sold the nation of Israel to the king of Balak for some money. And it says, verse 16, But Balaam was stopped from his mad course when the donkey rebuked him with a human voice. Balaam was a serpent, but God still sent a donkey to give him a shot, to see truth, to change his heart, right? Verse 17, these people are as useless as dried up springs or as a mist blowed by the wind. They are doomed to blackest darkness. They brag about themselves with empty foolish boasting, with an appeal to twisted sexual desires. They lure back into sin those who have barely escaped from a lifestyle deception. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves to sin and corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. You are a slave to whatever controls you, he finishes with. Serpents want to lure others into the, the depths of the dread that they live in to make themselves feel better. Maybe my life's so terrible, I don't feel good unless I see others miserable with me, right? I'm not saying all serpents, all people that live this way are that way, but a majority of them are and they don't care or think about who you really are. And God says you need to protect yourselves from those types of people. Amen. Look at that next point. So donkeys, they're a gift from God. They're what God uses to bless his people. When they try to assist you, don't get mad or lash out in anger towards them. Listen to them. They love you and are fighting for you. The worst thing that can happen by listening to your donkey 
is that you will invest in an already valuable relationship. The worst thing that can happen if you allow a donkey to continue to speak into your life and to help you uh, to grow and to learn is that you're just going to see and get some more Jesus. That's the worst thing that could happen. Every problem in your life needs more Jesus. Every circumstance, test, trial in your life needs some more Jesus. And if you have a good, faithful, persistent, trustworthy donkey in your life who's going to always steer you to the Word of God, he's always, or he or she is always going to steer you to more Jesus. A donkey will always give you more Jesus. That's how I can tell. That's how I can say, you know what? I want to surround myself with somebody like that. That's who I'm going to open up to, confess the things that are going on in my life so that I can get better. I know they're not going to judge me. They're going to help me. They're going to love me. They're going to pray for me. Right? Even when they, they do tell me, tell me something that maybe I already secretly know and I'm just not ready to do. Right? A good donkey will see that, recognize that, and come alongside you and re, uh, communicate that to you in such a way where, you know what, it'll rise up inside of you and you'll be like, you know what, I can do this. I'm ready to do this. That's a real faithful, trustworthy donkey in your life. Look at Proverbs 27, 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Donkeys, help us. Donkeys, sharpen us. Donkeys uh, keep us focused on what's important. The only thing that matters this morning is what are you doing with Jesus in your life? Don't think about all the issues, the problems of life. God's got it, okay? He ain't stressed out about all the stuff that's going on in your life right now. We're the ones stressed out. We're trusting in ourselves and not trusting in Him. We're trusting in ourselves and not trusting in him right so donkeys a good donkey will keep you focused on what i just said they'll tell you you're stressing out you're not trusting in god let's get so and so into this problem to another donkey they'll bring other donkeys with them to bring clarity and light to the problem clarity and light to the issue and they'll find out you know what this is how we're going to pray this is what we're going to believe going to find a scripture. This is what we're going to stand on. This is what we're going to fight with. Right? Because as iron sharpens iron, so a friend helps a friend. A good donkey helps keep us sharp and focused on what's really important. Amen. Look at that next point. So donkeys are a gift from God. Serpents are a snare from Satan. That's exactly what they are. God sends people into our lives. So does the enemy, and it's a snare. If I choose the wrong relationship, it could be the enemy. This doesn't mean that they're horrible people, and this is what I want you to get. Serpents aren't horrible people, right? We don't fight flesh with flesh. We're at war with the spirit and principalities of an unseen world. I can't, I can't hate the serpents. I have to hate the spirit that's driving the serpent. And that spirit is the spirit of the enemy, of pride, of lust, of the world, of all of these things. Right, And so it doesn't mean that they're horrible people. It just means that they're listening and following the wrong. Somebody say wrong. Wrong voice. The best way to help them is to refuse to listen or follow them, come out among from them, and invite them to follow Jesus. So we can't 
hate the serpents, we have to be at war with the spirit that is compelling the serpents of the world. And we have some serpents high up, buddy, in our government places, like I said, in our entertainment places. And so all of y'all that know me know I was a big Trump supporter, right? And I have to, every day, find myself to pray for our nation and our president and our government and remind myself that Biden's not the problem. It's the spirit within him and the spirit of people he surrounded himself with that is the problem. And when I see that and know that, now I know how to pray, right? The power to demolish strongholds by the spirit of God. And so remember this. Every donkey was once a serpent. I'll say that again. Every donkey was once a serpent. We were all serpents. Come on, somebody. It's getting real quiet. Before we were donkeys. You better believe your pastor was a serpent, a sneaky sneaky snake. Yeah, I got burned by the world, but I, I also helped burn other people too on my way down. And then God, through Christ, redeemed me. Come on, somebody. And he transformed my life. And now I'm some crazy campus pastor ministering to you this Sunday morning. He pulled me, literally pulled me up out of my pigsty of my bad choices and decisions that I made. Right? So every donkey was once a serpent before he was a donkey. Every serpent has the potential, somebody say potential, to become a donkey. But here's the thing. Nothing changes unless it's founded in Jesus. The only way a serpent can be transformed into a donkey, the only way a sinner can be transformed into a child of God is through the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Through the cleansing of the blood of Jesus. Nothing changes until they choose Jesus. So if you got somebody on the outskirts of your life, you know what, you see potential, and you minister Jesus, don't allow them too close until, you know what, you'll know when something's changed, when something's clicked, right? Where you can say, you know what, something, God got his hands on that person. And then now you can draw them in, right? That's how you, you pluck them out of the world and draw them in into the church, right? Look at 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. It says, don't team up with those who are what? Unbelievers, underline it. We minister to unbelievers. Every Sunday morning, the front doors of this church will be open to unbelievers. You know why? Because we want to give the opportunity for somebody to come in here and hear the gospel truth. Right? But we don't allow ourselves close proximity, close relationship with unbelievers. How can a righteous, how can righteous be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? We talked about that last week. What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? They're complete opposites, right? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my People. Therefore, come out from among the unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things. God, will that offend somebody today? 
Are you glad the word don't care about your feelings? I am. It says don't even touch their filthy things. Don't worship the false idols and the things that the world does. It says, and I will welcome you. You got to lay it down to pick up his righteousness. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So every day, I preach this every Sunday, you have to choose Jesus. Every day, Jesus over fill in the blank. Jesus over my pride. Jesus over my sin. Jesus over my selfishness. Jesus over fill in the blank. And when you lay that thing down, God replaces it with something better. Right? You lay it down, God replaces it and dawns us, adorns us in his righteousness. Look at that last point. So the ability for us to navigate life successfully until God calls us home one day, staying the course and fulfilling God's plan is very much determined by which animal you listen to. So who are you listening to today? And I will always say the first voice you always need to listen to is the voice of the Father. The voice of the Holy Spirit was what I was looking for. So no animal, person, place, or thing ever comes against the voice of the Holy Spirit in my life, right? You've, you've heard the voice of God. You know what he sounds like. Sometimes it's a still small voice. Sometimes it's a check in your spirit. He uses people, places, and things to reveal things to us. But most of the time, the Holy Spirit, that message that God wants to give you, he's going to deliver it through a person. And so which persons, which type of people are you listening to today? Are you listening to donkeys? Or are you listening to serpents even on your TV? Are you sitting listening to serpents on CNN or Fox News or whatever news station you listen to? Serpents literally bombarding uh, your, your home. Serpents that are lost. And you buy in and believe what they say and you haven't even sought truth yourself. You haven't even prayed about it yourself. You just eat it up. Just take it in as a gospel truth. World's going down. I mean, it's going down, but you know what? God's kingdom is thriving. God's kingdom is thriving. Liberty Church Holly Pond is thriving. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being a part of our forever family. Liberty Church Arab is thriving in Jesus' name. The world is bad, but you know what? I believe in Jesus. I have hope. I have joy. I have peace in my life. And you know what? As a donkey, maybe I'm somebody's donkey. I want to impart that same thing into somebody else so that they can have that same thing, that same confidence that day. The people that I do pest control for as I work every day, I want to, I want to pray for them. I want to tell them what's going on in my life. I want to give them some good news. They get enough bad news. And so knowing what voice I'm probably listening to, is it, is it always positive? Is it life-giving? It's probably God. If it's always negative, negative, point this, this, and this is wrong, and it's, it's just negative, and death, it's probably the devil. It's probably the enemy. It's probably doubt. It's probably serpents. And so always listen to the Holy Spirit. Be aware that God uses the Holy Spirit to speak through other people. 
Amen. Y'all do something for me. Go ahead and just get, get into a place of prayer. So I hope and pray the Lord used me today to help wherever you're at. I hope and pray the Lord is showing you some good relationships and some bad relationships. You know, sometimes if maybe you're here and you're married, that relationship dynamic can get pretty crazy sometimes. And so the Lord just showed me we're never to be at war with our spouses. The, the Bible says that they are joined together, a husband and wife joined together. Let no man, well, he's joined together, let no man separate. And so if, if, if you're married and, you know, there's a dynamic in your relationship, maybe one's always happy, one's always sad, or vice versa, or you have another relationship in your life where you're always the joyous one and the other one's the, the Debbie Downer, so to speak, always choose Christ. And Christ always says, to follow me, you have to carry your cross for the other person. And so if you carry your cross every single day for somebody else, God will bless that. Amen? God will bless that. But if you're here today, and like I said, I hope and pray the Lord has showed you some good relationships and some bad relationships. I pray that by the Spirit we would have the, the guts and the faith to get out of any bad relationship. A relationship that God doesn't call good. A relationship that God doesn't call holy. A relationship that God says is bringing me down. Living less than the standard of life that He's placed in my life. And that God would Show us the donkeys that we have in our lives and even bring us more. More believers, more Christians, more people that are going to help me and that I in turn are going to help them one day because it's all about the church helping itself, helping each other so that we can deliver the message of who Jesus is to the world. Amen. I know I preached a lot on messages or relationships today. And so the last thing I want to do is the only relationship that truly matters is your relationship with God. And God bridged that gap for you to have a relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus. So if you are here today in our sanctuary, you're watching us maybe online, and you are not in right relationship with God the Father, you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not communicating with Him every day. You're not being open and honest with Him every day. He already knows everything, but He's a gentleman. He wants you to, to invite Him into your life. If you're not actively inviting God through His Son, Jesus Christ, in your life every single day, He's probably not Lord and Savior over your life. And so if you want to do that today, you want to make that decision, you want to make that commitment to have Jesus as Lord Right now, I want you to do something for me. I want you just to stand up. If you're already born again, I want you to pray for the lost right now. If you're here in our sanctuary, you want to rededicate your life, you want to make that commitment to God through Christ, I want you to stand up right now. If you're watching us online and you're at home or 
driving your car, no, you can't stand up if you're driving your car. Or stand up if you're at home, if you're watching wherever you are, put it in the chat and say, I'm standing up right now. I'm, I'm accepting Christ. Give you a few more seconds to do that if you want to today. Be the best decision you ever made in your life. Amen. No one is physically standing here in our sanctuary, but someone could be online. So I want to lead us in a prayer, and I want you all to repeat after me, loud and proud, okay? It's going to go like this. Heavenly Father, God, we love you, and we trust you. Right now, we accept the gift of your son. We believe in your son, Jesus, and we confess that your son, Jesus, is Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, help me. Lead me and guide me from this day until the day you call me home. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good stuff. Awesome. So awesome. Who's glad you came to church today? Bunch of you. We're glad you came too. Okay, we love you very much. Y'all enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Okay, y'all are dismissed. Come back and please do church with us again next week. Amen.